Hello and welcome to The Lavelda Show, Women of Power. Today, my guest is incredible. If this is your first time joining the show, we've upgraded from purely being a podcast to being a podcast and a TV show. So if you want to see more of that, go to lavelda.com forward slash podcast and you'll be able to see this show and all of the previous episodes as well. This show is developed where I am interviewing women um, about the what the essence of their power is. It's a show for elevating women's voices globally, whether that is single moms, whether that's business owners, we are exploring what power is to you, giving you the power to elevate yourself. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine and an incredible woman who's had an exceptional story. Now, I don't wanna butcher this, so I'm gonna tell you it in exactly her own words. So my guest today is a black woman in a white man's world. I need to say this exactly as it is. She's facially disfigured in a world in which is beauty obsessed. She's a Christian in a secular world. And for the longest time, she thought that these characteristics were the thing that set her back. And until recently, um, she's really stepped into herself to understand that it is exactly this that allows her to be the powerful woman that she is. Please welcome my guest today, Dion Johnson. Oh. Hi, my gorgeous. How are you? I'm I'm really excited about being here and a TV show, the the, the Elder Show. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. So here's the thing: there'll be a number of people who've never come across you before. Can you give us a really quick overview of your story? There's a lot of. I mean, I gave a little teaser there. There's lots of information in there. But yeah. what was it like to live in Dion's body? Let's say if we rewind like 10 years. Yeah, gosh, where do I start with that? Let me start with my professional life. You know, for the longest time, I um, went into nursing and then I was a midwife for a very long time. So, um, so as a midwife, I just found where I belong in the world, you know? So life in my early adulthood was really about serving women. It was really about being alongside women at some of their most womanly times in their life, like bringing forth, like having, getting pregnant and carrying babies and birthing. I was really part of that, um, being alongside women all that time. And that's when I really discovered that I made to be alongside women who were going through challenging processes. Like it's it's where I came alive. It's where I found, you know, when time stands still, like I, I found who I am and what I'm here to do. Being alongside women who are going through challenging processes is, is my jam, you know? But, um, Alongside all of that good stuff, there was all this other stuff going on inside of me. My personal life, my inner life, my inner world was conflicted. And, uh, and around 2009, I decided that, you know what, it's time for me to really, I want peace. I want joy. I want to ease. I want to live the life that I know that I'm capable of that seems to be this elusive thing. And I don't want to be a midwife anymore. And so I've just been on this amazing journey of finding myself, really finding my voice, finding my power and really learning how to step into it. And boy, has it been a journey. And living with a facial disfigurement, I think what 
There's something interesting you said about um, having a facial disfigurement in a world which is beauty obsessed. And I think, I don't know that there's one woman on the planet worth her salt who hasn't had at least a single moment of feeling like, ooh, not good enough. I mean, I'm worried about my hair and then you're worried about your nails. There's always something, right? You know, yeah. does the, do I look good in this? How, yeah. have you, how have you found your power to fully show up? Because I know when we first met, you weren't the Dion that I see here today. You know, I don't, it's just been, it's been a journey and things really, really started to turn around in 2009. So what was happening in 2009 is that I had this life that I built that looked okay. You know, I was speaking, I was had my own business, I'd been a midwife for a long time, you know, and I, I, I was doing okay, but I knew that in my inner world wasn't okay. So um, there, there, was these, there were these two things happening at the same time. And around 2009, Obama got elected president of the United States. So there was all of this talk about how, you know, the, this, this amazing thing that has happened. The black man was moving into the White House. And, um, and around the same time, Hillary Clinton was vying for position too. So it looked like we might have a woman in the White House or a black man. And this was like unprecedented. Like these were new ideas. Like who would have thought it? Who would have thunk it that we could have a black man or a woman in the White House? And um, so there's all of this talk going on in my circles around um, around these brilliant people, these kind of special human beings, and then there being the rest of us, you know, like these 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 highlight, you know, show real type people, and then the others. <laughs> and I tried to work out where I would fit into that, and I had to admit that if you went by how my life was looking, I'd fit into the other group, and. But I had these ideas inside that I don't feel like an other. I feel distinct. I do know I'm supposed to be doing something powerful. And that's when my journey really began to try and work out what this is all about. And it's been an amazing journey of really understanding. In 2009, I really found myself on, with my hands up in, my, in the air, praying to God, saying, you know, what is, what's wrong? Why is there this mismatch? between me, the powerful me that I feel on the inside and the, the me that the world tells me that I am. I'm black, I'm a woman, I'm disfigured, I'm a Christian. I decided that I wanted to find out why, how to match up this power on the inside with the power that was showing up on the outside. And so that's where I've been. I've been journeying that walk of trying to understand why I believed the messages that were coming to me from the outside world, why I agreed with it that black women, that Christians, that disfigured people, that different people aren't the ticket. I had to shift my belief system and that's what my journey has really been about. Finding myself, facing myself and, you know, deciding to, to address those difficult mismatches in my own understanding. So was there, was there like a key part of that process? Like if if you were to say there were like two or three components that were absolutely fundamental on yeah. that journey that helped you to have some of those shifts, because what you're talking about is something that I think many women have faced. It's, it's the, there's me and then there's everybody else. Like everybody else seems to be doing so awesome. And then there's me. And I know I can be one of those people that's out there and living their dream and doing these incredible things. Yeah. But for me right now, it just feels so out of touch and so far away from where I am. So yeah. what were some of the key steps, let's say, or things that really helped you to 
to make that transition. So after this wrestling in 2009, feeling like that fever, that fatigue, or feeling like powerful on the inside, but not being able to kind of translate that power into the outside world, um, by the end of that year, my aunt died. And, you know, we, in our culture, we have these wakes and uh, people come for nine nights and celebrate, drink, eat, you know, play dominoes. And I saw this friend of mine who um, I, haven't seen, I hadn't seen since I was really young. And we were trying to catch up, but her son was this like really irritating boy getting in the way of our conversation. And right in the middle of the room, a crowded room, he pointed at me and he said, mum, your friend, she's so ugly. He did not. He, he said that, right. He said it and it looks like the room went quiet. You know, it's like, it felt like everything hushed and I was just left with what was happening. This boy's words really hurt. It was like, it punched me right there in a soft spot. And um, I noticed something, Lavelda. I noticed that um, I, I was really hurting on the inside. His words really hurt me. But on the outside, I looked really like cocksure of myself. I looked really, I was holding it down and holding my composure. You see, I'd been born with a facial disfigurement. I told you that. And when I was four years old, I was wearing an artificial eye, um, given an artificial eye to make my face look a bit more normal. I was given dark glasses to hide. And so when this boy called me ugly, it kind of reminded me of all the years growing up with this face, all the years of the hiding and the masking. And uh, that that incident led to several incidents that week. Because haven't you found, Lavelda, that when it's time for you to handle something in your life, it's like, it's like you get all these prompts that start poking in. And, One and after the other, like buses, they just keep coming. Like, yeah, you just can't, you, you just can't get away from it. Well, every day that week, after the boy called me ugly, every day of the week, that week, I got another prompt. Some kids the very next day tapped me on the shoulder, pointed at my face, laughed and ran off. And it was like the very next day. And all the days that week, things happened that made me realise that, shoot, I'm not as comfortable with this face as I thought. Shoot, there's some unresolved issues. Oh my God, what's going on here? I'm feeling pain. And so I found myself with my knees, my, in my hands up in the air saying, I need to find a way, God. Like, how can, how, how can I, how can I heal this pain? And I didn't know how. I was down on my knees and I just made a, I said a prayer. I said, look, I'm going to find a way to show up for real. I'm going to find a way to let some people see who I really am. And that was about October of that year, 2009. And by December, I was working my process to really find myself and show up for real. I um, got some help. I, 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 I got myself a counsellor and a coach and decided that, you know, I wanted to learn how to let people see the real me. And I wasn't, I knew at that point, I wasn't even sure about who the real me was. I, I, I just spent some time talking to the coach and the counsellors, just really trying to fortify myself to work out if I'm going to take these masks off, if I'm going to show up for real, well, what the heck does that mean? Who am I? Who am I? There's and so much in there because um, I heard you say that each of those things that happened that week, every single one of those mean children mean humans who showed up to to laugh to to snigger at you instead of looking at that and saying the world doesn't accept me i'm not acceptable it's not okay that instead your interpretation was it's time to heal 
there's yeah. something there's something within me that I haven't yet accepted and it's time to heal. And I think that in itself is quite quite a pivotal moment to acknowledge that, hold on a minute, for me right now, I'm not 100% comfortable in my yeah. body because if I were, why on earth would I care that somebody yeah. doesn't like me? Because even if I was a beauty model, a, you know, world's best model, somebody wouldn't like the way that I look. So I'm never going to be for everybody. So I love yeah. that you've said that your um, interpretation was not, I must go and hide even more and I'm not accepted, but rather there's something here for me to heal. Yeah. And, and so many of us don't make the opposite decision. So many of us withdraw and, you know, and not, we're not really fully showing up. We keep those masks on for dear life. You know, we hide ourselves. We punch below our weight. We, we, don't, we don't do the work that's required to heal our self-perception, to heal our sense of identity and to really find out who we really are to bring that person to the world. I see it all the time. It's what my work is all about. And I and I always say that when, in 2009, when I was going through this, it was like a dark night of the soul. It, I had to dig deep. There was a lot that I had to find in this story of mine and, and a lot I had to face, a lot of BFDLs, you know, big fat dirty lies a lot of, you know, pain, a lot of unresolved things, a lot of unspoken things, things that I'd never looked at before. But it was worth it because what happened was, even though I didn't know it back then, what was happening was I was finding my message. I was finding the my, my signature sound. I was finding my voice. I was finding what was going to make my work as a coach and as a strategic ally to women different. Um, unique. No one can talk about authenticity quite like me. No one can talk about masking and unmasking quite like me because I've, I'm living this. I'm, I, I've gone through this journey. I know it personally. There's something I'd like to bring you back to as well. You said, I'm going on this journey and I'm not even quite sure who I am anymore. And that really struck me because I, I find that it's so easy for a number of different reasons yeah. to lose yourself behind, let's say, the mask, the person that you decided you need to show up as to be acceptable, whether that's I'm going to show up more powerfully and dress a certain way so that I can be acceptable in a workplace or yeah. um, whether it's to, you know, dim your light a little bit around certain people so that you can still be accepted by your friends. Yeah. But I think if you put those, you play those games long enough, you kind of forget who you are. Like totally, the lines get completely blurred. I mean, I, I see it all the time. I see people who, uh, you know, who it's time for them to move on to something else. It's time for them to grow, evolve. It was time for me to grow and evolve in 2009, but it felt like, just fear but it just felt like I, I don't know how to I don't know who I'll be outside of this role when it's time for me to leave midwifery I didn't know who I was outside of being a midwife because I was a brilliant midwife you know I was I was a great midwife I didn't know what I'd look like outside in the big wide world when I was masking when I was hiding my face I didn't know what people would think of the real face I didn't know what people would say when they really saw me and of course they're a powerful that's a powerful metaphor for me on all kinds of levels I, I worried about what people would think about who I was. I didn't know who I was. And all of this journey has been about finding and facing and embracing who I really am. And, and realizing that that's the gift to the world, that we're not spare parts, you know? 
women watching this who really identify with my story, my message to you is that we're not, we're not spare parts. We're not an accident. No matter what our stories have tried to tell us going, going back, what the stories have tried to tell us about how we don't really have a place in the world. We haven't really got a purpose like we all have. We've all got something to do, someone to be, something to say, something to give, something to create and make happen. And we can't do it if we're busy trying to be somebody else. Absolutely 100% agree. Preach it, sister. I know that you're a powerful woman. I mean, I've known you were powerful for ages and we didn't speak for years, not through anything yeah. else apart from life, to be honest. We were, all, yeah. we were both off on our individual journeys. And I can see how much more you've stepped into your power in, the in that short period of time. It must have been about three or four years. Yeah. So I'm really curious then, Dion, what do you define as the essence of a woman's power? We're here talking about women of power but what is it to you what do you uh, think makes a woman powerful see i love it i call it the womanity and you know i spent a lot of years i shared with you i said a lot i spent a lot of years being a midwife so i really know womanity i spent a lot of time alongside women during one of the most womanly acts of all and um it women are incredible right there we are we're expansive if you think about even just the act of childbirth, we're expansive, we're deep, we're intuitive. We know what to do when it doesn't, when it's not obvious. We can see things, we make connections with things before that they're even possibly connectable. Like we're incredible. I saw in labor and in pregnancy and in my role as a midwife, I saw womanity and she's like fierce. She is strong. And I kept thinking after I left midwifery, why women, why aren't we as women showing up in our power like we do in that setting? Like, there's so much, I believe that what the world really needs right now is that power. I believe that what the world really needs right now is that kind of expansive strength and ferocity that I call womanity. So, um, I saw womanity in that labour room, whether she was black, white, rich, poor, tall, short, fat, skinny, I saw her power and we're fierce, there's no doubt about it, we're, we have this, men know it, men know about woman's power. I saw, I would look for it on these men's faces in the labour room. I would look and see men in their own way, in their own words, just acknowledge, yeah, like respect, you know, kudos to you. Like men couldn't do that. Men, men don't have that kind of tenacity and that kind of power that they see in humanity. I just want us to see in ourselves, you know, what the world really needs right now is humanity, that power that expansiveness, that ability to see and know and, 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 and know how to do things. Women are powerful and that's what the world really needs right now. I could not agree more. And you know what I think is going to really help us to see women's power? To hear from powerful women like you what your power tools are. Now listen, let me explain what I mean by that. So in my mind, I think I'm looking for, and part of the search for this show is to really understand the essence of a woman's power. And by talking to incredible women like you, Dion, to get to the bottom of, of what it is that makes women powerful. So what I would like to know is that if we were to take literally everything that you have done in your life 
and your business today and boil it down to three core things. And they can be tools, strategies, ways of being that you would say have been absolutely fundamental to your success in life and business. What would yeah. those things be? Let's start with the first one. Well, you know what? I've got a philosophy that I call me first. So, so I really believe that if I'm going to be successful, for me, that really means that women who come to me for support and help and guidance, they shift their experience transforms, their power rises, they step into their own. And um, I think if I'm going to be successful from that definition, then it means that I have to go first, me first. I practice what I preach. I don't ask my clients to do anything that I'm not doing, that I I sit in the seat of the coachee, the mentee. I do the learning. I am teachable and coachable and trainable. I allow myself to be supported in my own growth. And I think that's a really powerful key. I, um, people comment on how real I keep it and I can keep it this real because I'm on the journey too. I love that being on the journey too. There's something I always say, um... So a few years back, I got my mission in life to unlaunch authentic, powerful female voices. Yeah. And I hadn't fully understood what that was going to mean for me as an individual. Because when I take those three words, authentic, powerful voice, that yeah. means that I can't hide my authenticity, my power or my voice. Yes. and be living what it is that I want to see in the world. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially in business, we can reach a point where we're being successful enough that we forget that the thing that we come to bring to the world is also the thing that we often still need to continue to learn yet more of ourselves. There's always another level. So I love that you say that, me first. Yeah, like in the world, in, in, in the wide world, that's not normal you know um you know people people don't want to put themselves in the beginner's seat people don't want to be seen to not know people don't want to be seen to be a learner or progressing it's like you get to leadership and it's like you're supposed to be you're supposed to have arrived and there isn't this ongoing thing so it's not normal you and i are you know are ambassadors for me first <laughs> And what would be your second power tool then, Dion? Power tool number two. I think I'm a master of provocative questions. You know, questions that help people to go beneath the surface of a situation or a matter. Questions that provoke introspection or provoke a new kind of way of looking at things. You know, oftentimes, there's this saying, isn't there, that if things have to change, if things are going to change, there has to be change. And oftentimes we've got such creature of habit ways of thinking about things, just thinking about things in really um, just, you know, just same old, same old thinking about situations. And if we want those situations to change, we have to learn to think about them differently. And a really powerful way to do that is to ask really provocative questions. And so my clients see things like some radically shift in their thinking. I call it BQT, better quality thinking, or HQT, higher quality thinking. 
and that comes out of being provoked to think about things differently. So I really believe in the power of asking powerful questions. We can ask ourselves powerful questions, questions that we wouldn't usually ask and questions and, you know, get curious about what's happening and what's causing our situation, how we're co-creating it, and then being prepared to really answer some challenging questions. These, this, I believe, is success 101. It's how we shift and transform and evolve to be our most powerful selves, to ask and answer provocative questions. That alone, honestly, I've got chills, like all up my arms, all down my back. It's like, woo, girl, there was a lot in there. Not just, because we hear about powerful, asking powerful questions, but this yeah. idea of asking pro provocative questions and yeah. being prepared to answer them, like being prepared to sit with it. Yeah. Because often those questions are very uncomfortable yeah. to answer yeah. as well. So that's that so beautiful. Uncomfortable questions sometimes triggers go up, you know, guards go up, masks go on. And the the art of asking and answering provocative questions requires you to be okay with being triggered. Be okay with going some going to those places that perhaps you avoid such that you can grow. Oh, so yeah. powerful. And what's your third power tool? These ones are great. Well, you know, it's kind of going on from there, but I really believe in the power of authentic self-expression. So, um, you know, I am a black woman and I am uh, a Christian and I am facially flawed. And the more I learned how to embrace those and realize that those were the gift, that those were what uh, those were what I had to offer rather than what I had to hide in order to succeed, then that changed, it was a game changer. It, was, it changed everything. We've spoken about it at length today, but I think it's worth mentioning it again today, right here in this segment, that, you know, we are the gift. And if you, if there's a problem and you're trying to be someone else while you answer and solve the problem, then what you are really here to give gets withheld, gets withdrawn, doesn't come forward. So yeah, I speak it as it is, you know. I, I speak like me and I'm learning to speak like me more and more and it's a game changer. I know there's gonna be women who are watching this and men as well who've, who, will, who will be, like their hearts will have lit up with what you've shared today. And I know you've got a book out at the moment that I think helps to really encapsulate a lot of the journey that you've been through and much of what we've spoken about today um, yeah. in, a, in a huge amount more depth. So it's how you could get a little bit more of a piece of Dion. You don't need to stop here. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the book and how people can get, well, get hold of it? Yeah, it really, like, this is my book. I have to show you. It's called Influential Women. And um, the, the essence of the book is that women are powerful, that this is our moment. This is our moment to really step into our power. No more punching below our weight. No more, um, you know, hiding behind the scenes. The world is ailing. Inequality, injustice, um, you know, racism, sexism, all the isms, indifference. The world is really, we can feel it. We watch the news and it's like, it, we don't know if we, it's like, it's almost unbelievable to watch the news and see what's happening in our world today, especially in the wake of the pandemic. So there's no more time for women to be um, punching below our weight and hiding and masking. It's time for us to take those masks off, to find the woman behind there, get familiar with how powerful she is and, and aim her, aim her at changing the world in the way that only you can.
Oh, love it. That book is Influential Women. It's on Amazon or great yeah. bookstores. You'll be able to go and get it on there. But many of us are stuck at home at the minute. So Amazon will be a good place for you to go and download yourself a copy of that book. What are the yeah. other ways that people can get hold of you, Dion? So the womanologist, Dion Johnson, the womanologist, I'm everywhere. So, you know, all the social media outlets, but my favorite, favoritest one is LinkedIn. So come and have a chat over on LinkedIn and visit my website, Dion Johnson, I'm sorry, thewomanologist.com. <laughs> thewomanologist.com, the book is The Influential Woman. Dion, you've been absolutely exquisite. If there was just one message that you could leave our guests with, our viewers and listeners with today, what would that one message be? It's time. It's time for us to be seeing you. So let's be seeing you. <laughs> you heard it here first. It's time for us to be seeing you. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for joining. My name's Lavelle Vincenzi. You've been here at the Women of Power show. Until next time, have an incredible day, morning, afternoon, evening, wherever it is. And if you aren't already following the show, then you can find us on Instagram, Lavelle Show, and make sure that you hit that follow button also available on YouTube. Until next time, have an incredible day, evening, morning, wherever you are. Take care.